there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land, and welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Last episode, we sat down with the lovely skipper Danielle Ernest, and we got her feelings about the D23 Expo and some of the craziness that came out of that show. This week, we're going to get more personal and learn about her unique experience coming into the jungle. We also chat photography tips and the state of Disney podcasts and blogs. So I usually don't do big show notes on the second half of our episodes, but we've got something really big coming on the horizon, so I need to spend a few seconds chatting with you about it. Tales from the Jungle Cruise is launching our first and our very own card game. Jungle Rummy is a family-friendly card game that plays for two to four people. It's a blend of Hearts, Rummy, and Uno, and features a look and art that is evocative of some of the jungle adventures we've had on the podcast. It is more of what we affectionately call Skippertainment, and we've been playing it non-stop for the last five months as we develop the game. So we're looking at launching our Kickstarter campaign for the game in October, so it's just around the corner. If everything falls into line, it's going to be really fun connecting with everyone and working to get this game into as many people's hands as possible at a reasonable price. Now, if you're not already a Facebook friend, please check us out at facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, or give us a follow on Twitter, and we are at SkipCast. Both places are going to be positively chock full of news and updates about the Kickstarter campaign, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Now, we want this to be a big success for a couple of reasons. One is, well, the podcast does take quite a bit of money to keep up and running and to get more and exciting guests on the show. Supporting the Kickstarter is a big part of that, and it'll help us stay podcasting for another year. The second part is we hope that it will be the first of many really cool games that we have in store for you. We've got uh, one more that we're already starting to do development on. And supporting this Kickstarter campaign will ensure that we have the budget to do some really cool games and art down the road. We'll get you more details as it becomes closer, but please keep an eye out for all of our most recent news. Alright, here we go, Season 5, Episode 5, the second half of our time with Skipper Danielle Ernest. Kungaloosh, everyone. So, yes, so this is now Part 2. This is, this is so nice having structure. <laughs> I've, I've got to say that in all the time I've done this, structure has not been something that I've been a big fan of. I've kind of been a freewheeling it's, skipper. You know, structure is not a skipper's strong point. So, <laughs> nor, nor apparently is creditworthiness. <laughs> no, I've noticed that. Or a... <laughs> so uh, we're back for our, our part two with uh, Skipper Daniel. I love how Skipper lasts forever. It does. It's the eternal title. Like, it is. It's like Pope. You're always the Pope. <laughs> We're or always, president. Or president. We're always skippers. It makes it Love so that. much so much easier. Uh, I just did a job interview last week. Um, I'm not going to say where because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, a management job. And I gave them my resume and, of course, you know my Disney Times on there. And I make a Jungle Cruise note. Uh, and that always gets questions more than anything else mm-hmm. I've ever done. Um, I also, for my educational background, put Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry <laughs> and didn't even get noticed or mentioned or commented on. Oh, I was wow. very surprised. They just, I wow. put it in there to see if they would say anything, and they just <laughs> kind of went right by it. <laughs> so, Denton, tell me, uh, we ch- chatted with you for an hour last uh, episode about mm-hmm. all of the fun stuff at D23, but this time we're going to chat about you. Yes. Danielle Ernest, this is your <laughs> life. Um, what brought you to the to working for the mouse? Well, it's actually a funny story because we all have those. Is I was my senior year of high school, I was in a very bad ski accident, 
and I tore my ACL and my MCL. Just make sure, was it skiing or skating? Oh, it was skiing. Okay, because I couldn't I wish tell. I was skating. You looked a little like a skateboarder. <laughs> I, I could see you shredding. Whatever gives me more credit. Okay. Um, so I was skiing, and I was bound to leave for Disney World two weeks. So I ended up being in this huge brace for Disney World and got to experience the park in a wheelchair, which everyone would think is phenomenal, but it was not. Um, especially when you actually can't walk because <laughs> you can't bend your knee. So I was getting on Spaceship Earth, one of my favorite attractions, and I remember stopping the whole ride. It was my first time experiencing this, and I was very embarrassed because we all know how we feel about those people when they stop the attraction. And I had this older gentleman come up to me and said, Come on, princess, let's dance to your carriage. And for me, that was one of those moments where it just took a very embarrassing moment and made it positive. And I'd always admire Walt's Walt's dream and all those these different things. But when that happened, I realized I want to be the type of person that made a negative situation positive. And I knew the Disney company values that. I wanted to help people's day be better. And so at that point, I was like, I want to work for Disney. And I, I did within the next six months. So... Now, then, when you hired him, did you uh, did you hire into attractions, or was no? Actually, hired into the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, which is an amazing place. It is. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite. I I was there during DCA opening as a cast member, <laughs> and we got to go over and experience some of the the stuff as it was happening. Yes. Got to have you know a service at uh, Storytellers. Yes. And we used to go there for lunch all the time. So yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yes, I was. I went to my interview and I said, you know, this is my one thing. I want to be a jungle scripter. That is my dream. And they said, well, you just know so much about the theme parks. It'd be a, it'd be a waste if we didn't put you somewhere where you could help people with their vacation. Concierge or uh, I did front desk and uh, some concierge stuff, but yeah. So I was very disappointed. I was like, this is a beautiful hotel, but I want to be in the jungle. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Um but it's just kind of like being president. Sometimes the people who want to do a job the most are not the ones you should put up with. It's true. It's true. I guess. i just never been told I was overqualified for attractions. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, how long did it take you to move over? And did you enjoy your time at the Grand? I did enjoy my time at Grand a lot. But, I, you know, I, it was a Christmas party. And I went to my manager and said, you know what? More than anything, my dream at Disney is to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. And if you could make that happen... They'd be amazing. So they put me on loan to the jungle, and I, I loved it. And I actually had to go back to the Grand when it was finished, but uh, it was still a blast, and I didn't not want to come back. <laughs> How long were you over at uh, in attractions? About three months. Yeah. So not yeah. long enough. Uh, you know, it's... But, you know, the thing I find about skippers is whether they were there three months or, in some cases, 20 years, like people we've had on the show, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing how there's a... a, a th- thread there's a commonality of, of yes. spirit and outlook and the people who really have been able to make it part of their character mm-hmm. from beyond just working there to having it be something special right which luckily that's been most of the people we've had on the show have, have, <laughs> have that feeling and a few people who yeah we had we've had people who didn't like working at disney and they wanted to tell their stories and you know what it, it was very valid it adds a lot True. to our to our oral history of what it's all about absolutely because sometimes you can see the light because of how much shadow you've got. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah. So, um, what what was your? I mean, do you remember your first day at Jungle? Do you remember getting in costume? And I do. I was beyond excited. I mean, go. <laughs> the, the costume at the Jungle costume was ten times better than my other 
costume at that time. So I was very excited. and remember trying to which, pick it. Which, knowing jungle costumes I know. is really saying <laughs> negative things about the grand. It is. I mean, you look like a weird 1920s pioneer arts and craft woman. It's very strange. So I remember picking up my costume being so excited. And oh, it was just... I could barely contain my excitement when I was getting dressed over there in Harbor Point. So were you uh, were you smart enough to uh, know you had a limited time magic and, and take a lot of pictures and yes. really document it? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that's one of the things I'm sad about is that we didn't have cell phone cameras when I was right. working, and barely like I had days that I barely had a disposable camera, let alone right. you know having my digital camera with me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's so much easier now to to capture those memories right I mean they're not high res but they, they work and that's yeah. I was I was just so excited that I was like I'm going to take pictures of everything I'm allowed to take pictures of <laughs> who uh, who is your trainer his name Dean Dean yeah. Simpson he was great I, I I was the photographer for Dean's wedding yes oh good old Dean I, I, I love oh. it so uh, no Dean is super super great people I, yes I can't think of a more low-key guy no. who is as, as nice as he is so great um, so who, did, you, did you train with someone who was your, your partner I didn't have one of those oh, you, were, you were a loner because you yeah. were a transfer yes so that's the one benefit of that I guess true I had a very special situation so and they maybe they let me know it because I wasn't union and all the different things that went with oh, that so, so. You, you were you were alone you weren't no. you were you were just hanging out that's amazing I don't, I I've never heard of that I know well actually they were very surprised I already knew the script yeah. by the time I, <laughs> I, I was I was all ready to go so. the, the trick is always which which script you know is it the one that they want you to do or the one that everyone else does I knew the one that they wanted me to know but that, I also good. knew what the, the different one so. so so what was it was it I mean all through high school was it always your favorite attraction it, it started when I went to Disney because I grew up in Indiana so Disney World was the closest my, my, my wife did as well closest for me so I remember when I was very young riding the Jungle Cruise being amazed by it and they let me be the skipper so I thought it was awesome and so I was always Orlando has different child labor yeah, yeah but I was always I was always about it and then I traveled to Africa and you know it's probably the closest thing I can get to Africa in California so and I actually went to the real Nile and I, I actually rode their version of what they think is a jungle cruise and so and seeing hippos in the water and uh, for me it's just great memories about did, about did, Africa did, in your head were you telling jokes oh absolutely I was everyone who would listen I was telling jokes the whole time it was great so <laughs> I was like anyone who would listen and this was in high school so you know this was before I was a skipper and then um, you know it just kind of happened so um so in the time, and it's, it's obviously a short... Is it very vivid to you? Do you remember... I mean, is it really clear? You could step on a boat tomorrow. I mean, it's only been like, you know, four years, but... Yeah, absolutely. I could step on a boat and still spiel. All my friends get tired of it because I still make jokes all the time. They're like, really? We are so tired of hearing that. But I'm like, it's so great. It's so great. So yeah, I probably could step on a boat tomorrow, even tonight. And and, and I, I could too, but I, I can't guarantee it would be current OG. There's, <laughs> that, that's there's been a the, lot of changes. Yeah, I can't, I can't... Yeah, I cannot guarantee it would be... A, guest appropriate but I know it. I entertain my, yeah. my guests and that's what matters so um, is the uh, do you feel like it stuck with you when you went back to the Grand that the experience made you a better cast member that it, it... yes uh, because I was able to work with guests in a more limited position versus the Grand where you were at the same desk for 8 hours and people could come back and talk to you different experience but I was able to you know see the, the fun joyful side of Disney and not just fixing people's problems like you did at the Grand and so it made me happier yeah, a lot happier because I was actually having fun with guests not trying to change their rooms or you know different things yeah. what was your 
did you have a favorite moment in the time you were at Jungle that just stands out as being that this was the thing that, that defined your experience or that this was a great example of, <laughs> of the way that you were? Well, I think one of my favorite moments, it just always sticks with me, is the Jungle Cruise was down for something, and I was the rookie, so they sent me out front to talk to the guests. <laughs> and they basically, you know, a lady came up to me, and I was like, you know, we're, we're feeding the animals right now, so sorry, like, we're, you know, busy or something. And she was like, they're real? And I was like, well, yeah, this is Jungle Cruise. And she was like, Harry, Harry, did you know these animals were real? And, like, I was like, yeah, we train them very carefully to make sure they're in the same positions every time the boat comes around. And she believed me. And so, like, I don't know if that makes me a good cast member or not, but I remember <laughs> laughing hysterically. Well, you, you stayed on themes. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite thing was always when that kind of situation happened would be, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're feeding the animals. Uh, we ran out of small children. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's all. If, if they have small children, we can bring them on board for the yeah. next run. So. And I also really, I definitely remember writing... Um, um, getting a boat of uh, uh, foreigners. I, I believe they were probably one of those Japanese tour groups. and so Of which we have heard so much. Yeah, the, the jokes just don't translate. So yeah. about halfway through, I gave up and just started pointing, and they started. They like thought that was even funnier than anything. So, I mean, that was one of those great memories. I was like, I well, here you go. See, we don't, we don't <laughs> know how good we have it, because in Orlando, it's Brazilian tour groups. Oh, it's true. And apparently they are, they don't, Listen. I mean, apparently I heard they don't mess very around. Loud. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah. they are hardcore Absolutely. hooligans, yeah. jungle hooligans. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, was I mean, obviously, when you when you knew your time was up and the summer was over, it was your your sad. You had a big sad, a big yeah, big tear in your eye. I was very actually disappointed and upset. I was hoping I could make it a permanent transfer, but it didn't work that way. So, well. Um, were there any other experiences at the Grand or any other times that you have that you had interactions that were were magical and special or celebrity-filled? Those are... <laughs> I, I don't know why I get asked about that so often. But it's true. People always like, consistent. oh, who did you meet? Um, I actually ended up writing a whole like blog about the different people that I met and the magical interactions. I, you know, meeting old people at the Grand that would come and just hang out in the lobby because they had nowhere else to go and yeah. you just talk to them about their lives and, you know, their loves and meeting people. I found that Disney... And, and being in the hotels, you actually are the beginning and the end of the trip. Whereas in the in the park, you're like the mid. Mm-hmm. So meeting people who like this was the beginning of their the you know very first time they're stepping right, into right. the so the having resort. having Marines reunited with their family because they just got back from you know deployment or different stuff like that where you have people that are you know Make a Wish Foundation people and so it's it was it's a different experience. So making magic for those people was very heartwarming and very. Um, I mean, just life-changing for mm-hmm. some of the people because you created a memory for them that's going to stay forever. Well, and and one of the things I know about you from from having had you know social media interactions <laughs> and things with you is I, I, there, there's two kinds of people that I think um, I always love that there's two kinds of people people who are this and people pe- who are skippers pe- and people who are, people not, who are skippers. not skippers and really <laughs> the ones who are not who cares. Um, but no, no, I I definitely see that there are personality types with whom the experience um, becomes ingrained in who they are. And I see that whole Disney experience, whether you, you brought it to the park or whether it stayed with you, you know, it's still there. And after you left the resort, I, I can see that uh, it stuck with you mm-hmm. and that you decided that it was going to continue to be part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we talk about 
your Disney experiences after because I think that that's almost as interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Confessions, I guess, is the first, uh, you know, the was it the webpage side of it that came first? Or what was yes. your what was your interaction like? How did you decide that you were going to do more with Disney after you left? It was it was that moment where I was like, I have all these great stories that I've written down. I have all these great memories. And you only hear about negative guest interactions. So I was like... You know why don't why don't I write down the positive stories? Mm-hmm. And it was right on the cutting, right in the beginning before everyone started doing that. And so I, that's kind of how I got in. And, and I realized there was a huge, huge need for it, and people loved it. So yeah. I was like, you know, I, my Disney dream doesn't have to end. What was the? I mean, was it? Um, was the blogging the first side of it for you? Or? Yes, it definitely was. Sitting down and at a Starbucks and writing my stories and seeing people's reactions and then you know just keep writing all my my whole journey at Disney. So, and then when did you when did you transition that into continuing to give your voice into what's happening now with the Disney darlings? And you can give that plug to them. I, here's the thing: is it's this is much as I, it also is about hearing your stories. I want you to share that specifically. So if you have specific things you want right. to promote, it's not really promotion for me. It's you know just continuing the stories we're telling. Yeah, for me, it started. I started Tales of a Disneyland cast member, and I devoted it. I actually kept a diary while I worked at Disney. So everyone's like, how do you remember these stories? Because I wrote it all down, like a smart person. And then, um, <laughs> so I read all the stories, and then I realized once I was done with Disney, like, Technically, that that ended my story, but I then decided that I was looking around the Disney Disney World because I'm very very active on Twitter and the Disney networking, and saw that majority of it is men, and if it's not a man, it's a mom blogger, and if it's not a mom blogger, it's a woman who's only focused on fashion, and so I decided that you know women do have a place in the blogging world about Disney, and women do have a place and and all those different things. Not like they're not accepting, but. Even just with, you know, I'm not a mom. I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge person in the fashion. So I was like, why can't the Disney darlings? So I, I grabbed two of my friends and we, we came together and we were women that write about Disney and our love for it. And it, it doesn't have to be, it is not weird, you know. It's just, it's something that we really are passionate about. And so we cover every, most Disney park things. And Well, and one of the things that I, I like about it is it is not, it's not the typical voice that, that the story is told through. And I think it is interesting that, you know, you talk about the fact that there's a lot of guys who do it, mm-hmm. and not from the gender side of it necessarily, but it seems strange the the way that they tell the stories are very different. Yes. And the, the connection seems almost more like they're in a helicopter on top of the park and you're in the park. Yes. Um, and it's like that overview versus that first-hand experience, mm-hmm. I think, is really a very clear line between those two things. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that make sense yeah, from, absolutely. Your perce- from your perspective? My goal with my readers is to not just throw information at them, but just to bring them the information, let them feel that they're next to me, make them feel that, that everything that we're writing about, everything we're taking pictures of video of, like, I did it just for them, and mm-hmm. that they were actually right there in that moment experiencing it. And I feel like having that personal—that's, I mean, what—that's what people miss the most when they leave Disneyland—is that that feeling of being there. So, I mean, fans, well, both from the cast member and from the fan absolutely. side, because you know, look, the cast member side, no one goes back and says, "I miss," you know, being in the winter in the jungle with the rain. <laughs> yeah. 
No one says, I miss the 115-degree no. canopy in the middle of August. That's true. That's true. Uh, no one, you know, those aren't the things people no. miss. It's the interactions with the guests, partially. Mm-hmm. But it is also the the camaraderie and the um, the fellowship. Do you have uh, other skippers who that you work with that you're still friends yeah, with and in I touch do. with? I do. And we have, like, we have a little Facebook group and everything. We talk a little bit. Um, it's And I, I going back to your thing of, you know, by starting these blogs and doing different magical things on the internet, I feel like I've been able to maintain, in a way, being a cast member and making magic for people because I'm able to bring them Disney news or Disney pictures when they are what, in snowy Idaho, you know, wherever they are. I am able to bring the, the Disney to them. So, um, is it? Uh, do you do you long for the days that you got to be a Jungle Cruise skipper? Would you go back tomorrow if you could? I mean, is that, that- I would, but not for long term. I think if I could do it like once a week, I would totally do it. Um, <laughs> I would totally do it just for fun. But as as I've, my career's grown and you know graduating and different things, it's like eh, that was a really great time in my life. But I'm, I'm just always curious about the perspective. Some mornings though, yeah. some mornings I wake up and I'm like, this would be a great jungle morning, uh, and I think I'll always think that for the rest of my life. Well, and it, it's in the, the water's in your blood, so it is. You know, you're, it is. You're going to be making jokes uh, <laughs> forever, forever. That's, you, know. you know, my goal is when I have my own house, I'll have a jungle cruise theme office and. I'll be very See, happy. You're going too limited <laughs> because here's what I I told my wife is that when we get our place in Pasadena, uh, I'm going to take the entire backyard and build an, a scale boat ride. Oh, that's so we, nice. We need to at least have like that acre and a half backyard <laughs> so I can really have that full depth that's of true. the experience. I so. would be okay with a jungle cruise boat in my pool. I okay. mean, yeah, just feel around. That'd be, be good too. Yeah. You know, that'd be fun to have a uh, a themed in ground pool that you mm-hmm. had all the animals on the Wouldn't outside. That be great? Then you can just have the boat and put a camera on the boat. It'd be you great. Could, yeah, a lot less expensive than my crazy True. idea. So, so, that's my goal. <laughs> yeah. My wife's a little strange. She's like, you know, why Why do you want to go to Orlando for vacation when we can go to Europe next summer? I'm like, oh, if I have to. Can I have to go to Europe? That's supposed to be rough. Can we go to Paris while we're there? Oh, yeah, I want to see the Eiffel Tower. Oh. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. So, um, do you feel uh, that the connection you've been able to make with your with your reader base and, and the Twitter feed, because you've got a great following. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that um, from that the connection is there because of the the way that you were able to interact as a cast member? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and one thing I started a long time ago was I did a Follow Friday where I would incorporate Jungle Cruise jokes and 140 characters into a follow Friday which is when you give someone a shout out so I'd, I'd bring all my all my followers on a virtual jungle cruise and that like exploded <laughs> people love that and so I did I, I, I think real skippers should do it I want to stand at the front of the boat yeah. and give everyone my Twitter handle and you then should. I'll just live tweet the ride yeah. and not have to talk it'd it be make great. it so much easier it'd be funny and everyone's on their phones anyway during it's the true. entirety of the trip that so. is very true so <laughs> but I feel like that taught me a lot of how to well one comedic timing top jungle cruise taught me everything about that and then just you know interacting with people and, and being positive and fun so is there um do, do well first of all do you feel like the blogosphere and all that it's it's too saturated with disney right now or with anything i, I think oh absolutely yeah. uh, and i think the only reason why darlings can possibly stand out is that we're women and that we're not focused on being a mom, and we have a we have a mom blogger, but she's not solely a mom blogger, and I feel like that's the only thing that would really make us stand out. But other than that, I'm constantly wondering like how to make our content stand out yeah. when it's so saturated. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I look at 
Well, podcasts in general. I, mm-hmm. I think it's at the point now where I've got to be honest. I've pulled back even from listening, um, other than you know the Nerdist that I think I listen to. Uh, I, I think that the interview level there is better than anything else online. Right. I, I think Hardwick is the Larry King of our era. Yes. I mean, I think he's just has created a narrative that's unlike anything that we've had in a long time in interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, other than that, and maybe Welcome to Night Vale, I mean, now that Thrilling Adventure Hour is over, yeah, uh, there's not a lot that I I'm, I sit there and go, oh, I, I really want to listen. There's a few other things I catch here and there. Right. Um, but I, it's just too much. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the level of stuff that's out there right. is so heavy that it is hard to cut through mm-hmm. um, to determine, you know, what is what is your niche? What is it that people right. should listen to you about? Obviously, I go off the jungle side because it's a good... Absolutely, makes sense. But I also see this more of an oral history of the people who worked it rather than, you know, here's the Disney news. Right, right, right. Um, so, wh- you know, why do you think it's important to have women's voices in that f- direction? Like, why is... What, what does it bring that's different than what's in there now? I think that women are able to provide more emotion. I mean, honestly, I know men are very can be emotional, but I think women are able to provide a different emotional approach to Disneyland in a way that we can paint a visual pictures that are not just straight reporting, but just talking about the overall feelings of Disneyland and able to capture what you actually feel when you look at, say, Cars Land for the first time or those different types of things. But I think also we're still trying to discover what is that what is that one thing that makes us different because I don't want to say it's just gender, you know, because <laughs> PC is that everyone is equal at all times. Um, well, but but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's finding that 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 nice niche that women have more to offer than just being a mom blogger. Yeah, I actually would go the other direction and say that the what what PC really should be is that it's okay that everyone's different. And that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the better... That, it's not that we're all equal at all times. It's that everyone's difference is just as valid. Yes. And I think that that's, that's where you find your voice at, is, you know, you... Um, you know, I think that you... You care, and you, you have that level of connection to it, uh, and it does come off as, as very authentic. Right. Uh, because I think that it's, it's not gender... Um, well, it's not gender-based. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase it. It's not gender-biased, but it has a very particular voice. Right. And, and that's something that I've worked really hard with my team in mm-hmm. making that, yep. making our voice stand out, be different. And and I'm not, I've tried to never make it work for us, that it's never yeah. like we're like, oh, I have to do, go do this. Um, because if it's work, it's not fun. Yep. And for us, it's fun. So yep. um, Now, I, I also know from our interactions that uh, you are also a very talented photographer mm-hmm. and you do great work. What's your, what do you like shooting when you're at the park? Like what are the things that are visually still inspiring for you or? It's things with energy. Absolutely. Uh, I thrive off energetic things, things that are in, mo- in motion. So particularly my new favorite thing to shoot is paint the night. Yep. Uh, I love shooting that, that it was just, I, could That's do- a, I think it's, it's an amazing because parade. every picture you get is going to be different yeah. and that's what I love about energy is, is it moves and whatever whatever still frame you get is will always be different it's very hard to re- reproduce the same shot so for me um, I, I love getting those yeah. different types of things I mean I do love still shots of like the Haunted Mansion but it never changes and those those can get old but the things that are fluid and moving like the DCA Fountain one of my also favorite 
spots to shoot at the park. It's just because it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I, I really I really enjoy. You did a, I put up a castle picture mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of days that was really well done yeah. with the fireworks over mm-hmm. it. And I look fireworks photography at Disney is something that a lot of people do and not a lot of people do particularly well. So as someone who shoots and as someone who has that guest experience as well as a cast member side, what are some things that you would give as recommendations uh, for when people want to take pictures in the park, whether they have a cell phone camera, whether they have, you know, a point and shoot or an SLR, what's a few little tidbits that, you know, just for people to think about as they're going into the park and they happen to want to take some pictures? Well, first and foremost, patience. Um, anything at Disneyland, especially when you have that perfect shot, a guest is going to walk through. <laughs> it happens to me every time. So it's that patience and not being on a particular, you know, when I go to the park to shoot photography, I actually go to shoot photography. I'm not going to get all the, on all the rides. I'm not going with anyone who wants to go on the rides because I'm going to take my time and experience and wait. So a lot of that is, is waiting. And then I also pay a lot of attention to lighting for me. I love early mornings at Disneyland. The lighting is just beautiful. And then right at twilight. It is harder around twilight because more people are in the park. Yep. But, you know, focus on the lighting and the timing, and that's pretty much everything, you know, and then stability. I mean, I have a tripod, but I sometimes I've used the trash cans a lot. Yep. I um one of the things I bring in with me is a gorilla pod. Yes, I have one of those too. Which is what you can, you can use them and wrap them around, mm-hmm. and they're yeah they've definitely changed their approach at bag check and yes. security with cameras, mm-hmm. and with uh, some of the things that have happened recently with the the, the gunman who was at the Esplanade mm-hmm. uh, in July. Mm-hmm. I I think that there's going to be a lot more security coming uh, oh, now that that story is starting to leak about how close it was to being uh, An you know, issue. a real issue a real tragedy um, I, I think at some point you know there's going to be a change in the way that they handle that but I think ba- the bag check people look I'm great that selfie sticks aren't allowed in the park yeah uh, it's a shame that they don't realize that a monopod and a selfie stick are different yeah it's very true it's happened a lot to my friends um, <laughs> I, I'm lucky that my small tripod has a leg that unscrews that I could use as a monopod if I wanted to. That's nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... As someone who has professional level equipment, they've been very vocal to me. Um, you know, it is tough, because I mean, I think that it's, it's hard to distinguish between you know, people who have nice cameras and people who are doing I don't know, producing images professionally. I don't even know what they're trying to warn off against. Um, the last but, thing I want to see is camera restrictions. Yeah, I mean that that really breaks my heart that it's been such a a focus. Like the last year, I've heard it almost every time I've gone into the park, mm-hmm. and every time I go through bag check, they're questioning it. I just don't think it's the right place to do that. No, put up a big sign. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think that 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 interaction makes sense at the bag check. No, no. What's or that? have a separate camera line? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um, a favorite uh, image that you've captured over the years? Is there one that just jumps out at you that you have a, a picture you took that just is amazing and means a lot to you? Uh, that's I mean, really they're, they're probably, they're, it's like asking which of your, you know, 48,000 children are your favorite. Yeah, that's so hard. Um, I definitely have a lot of Disney images that are my favorite, but some of my favorite, most favorite images are actually from my recent trip to Tanzania last year. Um, and that land is untouched. Yeah, that's fine. We'll talk. My, my wife actually did uh, Peace Corps for a year plus in Tanzania. Yeah. 
and she was from Indiana. So there's, there's, there's all kinds of interesting <laughs> stories here. Yeah, but a lot of images from Tanzania are just beautiful because yeah. no edit, no nothing, because the land is just beautiful. Yeah. But I do have a, a few Disney photos that are definitely some of my favorites, some of them being firework shots that I've worked really hard to get, you know, so. Yeah, fireworks, are it's, it's a tough thing because um, you'll take a thousand pictures and get two that are usable two. yeah absolutely you know but it's, and i think with photography it's a lot of trial and error it's a lot of yeah. patience and a lot well, especially of with that because it's such waiting. a tricky setting yeah. and everything so. uh, astral photography is the other one that's really tough like long exposures mm-hmm. and night trails you know you're going to go out there for a full evening and get one picture yeah if you're it's, lucky it's, it's hard to uh, yeah. uh to have that patience absolutely um so any other tips for people on the photo side just um. to trying to think i mean focus don't, i think don't be afraid to put your camera down and experience things too yeah there's a time to take pictures and then there's a time to uh leave your camera in the bag and, and have fun with your family and there's times i don't take my camera yeah there's so. a lot of people who seem to live their their disney experience through the backside of a camera and i think they miss yeah. so much when they do that absolutely i could not agree more and a lot of things are meant to be experienced without technology and disneyland is majority of yeah is that is one of those um, a really good tip I also found out when I was doing photography at, at Disneyland is there's so many elements there to play around with that don't be afraid to experience them, such as water, fire. I mean, just different things you get to shoot there that you don't really get to shoot anywhere else. So, Although in general, I would tell people to uh, avoid interacting with the fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep it at a nice safe distance. and. Yeah, but also try to find angles that you haven't seen on postcards before. It doesn't yeah. need to look like a postcard. I, I actually had a set where I went around and took pictures of all of the photo spot signs uh-huh. uh, and then just had the background out of focus. <laughs> and I had an entire collection of like the 10 Kodak photo spots. Yeah. I had just the signs and nothing else. And it was it was one of my favorite little collections of pictures. That's funny though. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure other people have had that idea too. But I'm sure, but it's great. Yep. Well, and there's, you know, look, we're going to be... We're going to be at a place where Star Wars Land is going to be as much about the way that it looks mm-hmm. as it is the two attractions. Yes. I mean, that's the thing we're looking at is you've got two, maybe if they bring Star Tours over from Tomorrowland, but I don't think they're going to move the vehicles out of the building. They may build new vehicles and then convert the ones that are in the Star Tours building into Iron Man or something. Something, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I so two or three attractions in the next 10 years... It's going to be really interesting because the land has to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And like the, how the Simpsons area at Universal really stands on its own. And yep. even though there's not, you know, there's one ride, but there's, you know, an hour and a half of shopping and eating and mm-hmm. experiencing the theming that really is well done. Absolutely. Better than I think the Universal's done in a long time for the mm-hmm. theming. And I, I obviously, Harry Potter is not about, I mean, the rides are cool. It's about stepping into the fantasy, right. and I think that's what Star Wars has to go for. Absolutely. It has to have that same feeling when you step in Cars Land. You feel like you're in Radiator Springs in the middle of Route 66, in the middle of nowhere. So so other than Jungle, what's your favorite uh, attraction? Just out of curiosity. <sighs> that's hard. I know. It changes every day. Um, I would have to say probably Indiana Jones. I love that attraction. Mm-hmm. I could ride it every time. Yep. I think that they've they've done such good changes to it recently that it's it's reborn. Right. It's Either new... that or Tower. I yeah. really love Tower of Terror. I love Tower in Orlando. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a giant fan of the Tower here. Um, uh, it's never. I don't know. It's just it's never had the same experience for me as Orlando. I I prefer not to go on the one here, uh, but yeah. the Orlando one is is so amazing. True. But if we're talking about Orlando attractions, yeah. mine is Spaceship Earth. 
and then the Country Bears. So yeah, see, and I was there the day that Country Bears closed in Anaheim. That's I was in the so audience sad. for one of the last ten ten uh, shows. Ah, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yep. Uh, no, I. Yeah, it's it is a very different animal for the. Yes. The differences between the two parks. It is. Um, well, and then the last kind of a wrap up thing, the questions I always ask people. Um, so let's say that it is 40 years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are still working with your blog and you're still Disney Darlings at, and you walk in on the 100th anniversary of the park. Mm-hmm. Is the Jungle Cruise still there and what do you think would be different? That's a hard one. I don't know if it'd still be there. I, de- I, I wish it would be there. But I don't even know what that would look like. That's uh, could it be real animals? Because I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Orlando. Although they added the nighttime to Kilimanjaro yeah. safaris now. And let me tell you, Walt really wanted them to be real. Yeah, so. I, I don't think there's any way in the world that, that <laughs> California. I think we're moving to a, a place where now that all the circuses have barred all the live true, live animals. True. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that they they may do some revamps to the animatronics. I think that they oh, they need it. Yeah, they could really clean up. Look, I'm a hippo guy. I've <laughs> You know, I hippos are my animal. They're my spirit animal. Um, but I, yeah, they need a little love. They do. They do. I, I mean, I would hope that the hippo. Or I hope the hippo pool and everything is still there. But I don't know. What I do actually, you think? I do you think would, it'll be there? Oh yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, it's it is the look. It's the original sea ticket attraction <laughs> before there were before there were D's and E's. True. Um, you know, it was the centerpiece of the park when it opened. True. If anything, I actually see that they might expand the river. Yeah. Because I think that there might be some ways you could, you know, drop in beyond the berm or do something, you know, to expand some things out. You know, I I don't think that it's... I think it's limited right now only by what they want to put into it financially. True. But I would love to see them, you know, uh, you know, maybe take the temple mm-hmm. and put a canopy over the top of it, mm-hmm. uh, like, a, you know, the top of the temple. Yeah. Because, look... I love that you can see Indiana Jones from there, but I know that the corporate side of it may not love all of the jokes that get flung back and it's forth. It's true. So the bamboo's there. So why not put a rock, you know, top and actually go under into a temple with some great effects? True. Uh, I think I think that the tiger is really underutilized. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of a throwaway joke that could be a lot a lot cooler. I would like to see, you know, Tony Baxter's renderings of Indiana Jones has the train and a jungle, the Jungle Cruise boat going through the, yeah. the area. Oh, yeah, I would have been a If they could figure out how to put Indy and have a, like an interaction with Indy and, and the Jungle Cruise, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, even even having Indy running through the belt would be great. And It'd I'll be take, so I'll funny. Take, I'll take anything I can get. So. It'd be so funny having him on the top of the totem pole. And then if you uh, if you had a wish list, I think I already talked about this a little bit, but you know, if if you had. Um, Something that you could wave your magic wand, you know. I said you were the Bob Iger side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you want to do for a seventy-fifth or a hundredth anniversary? What would you? Is it, is it an animatronic Walt? Because that's my. <laughs> I want an animatronic Walt so bad. That'd be a. I amazing. think a hologram is more. Hologram Walt. Hollow. Hollow Walt. Hollow Walt. Waltograph. I don't know. There's something there. <laughs> well, well, I think Waltogram was actually the the name of the animation company. That's wasn't right. It? So it kind of works. Kind of does. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. In hundred years, I don't know. It, 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 it wasn't that 100 years, but for the 100th anniversary. I mean, for 40 oh, yeah. years from now. 40 years. I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. And they're enough. giving away diamonds this year, so. I, <laughs> I don't know. What, what is the 100th anniversary? That's, uh, 
Titanium? I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't even know. But I would hope that what would be cool is that they gave a night for photographers to come in and just use all the professional photography and just use that as a marketing campaign. Yeah, I, I have talked about how I wanted to do uh, photography tours like they do the, uh, the tour guides, mm-hmm. where I would have loved to, you know, every day come in and, and show people how to take pictures in the park. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't think that's the direction they want. They don't want people. I don't think they want people to take really good pictures of the park. No, PhotoPass does not particularly enjoy that. Yep, I think that they. I think that they want them to just take adequate pictures. Yeah, so. it, yeah. But you know, Disney's missing their market if they would embrace their photographers that have a passion for it. Yeah. So I, I think my, my biggest hope actually is that they'll take some of the technology and rides from overseas and yeah, and bring them over to here because I think that we're missing so much compared to the Asian markets. Oh, absolutely. If we can get Tron here, I'm yeah. all about it. Uh, I heck, I just want to see them make the next Tron movie. They've they've taken off the schedule. I know Tron three. I'm still not still not over it. So. Yeah, we'll just watch Tron Uprising on, on the it's animated. It's so good. It's a, it's great, a great show. Great show. So very underrated. I think if anything, the thing that Disney is suffering from is that they have so many toys in the toy box that you know at some point something's going to become Wheezy the Penguin. Yeah. You know, there's going to be something that is just not given the love that's going to die mm-hmm. out because there's so many. Things we're either going to hit saturation with uh, superhero movies, the way that pirates felt to us. Yeah, they've got to be so careful with how they tell the stories to avoid having us be burned out on the, the intellectual properties. It's so true. It's so true. Because they really they have so much Marvel. You know, they've got all the mm-hmm. theme park rides. They've got old movies. And that's that's why I look at like the live action. Did you go to the live action mm-hmm. uh, panel at the at expo? I did. I didn't get a chance to go. What do you think about, like, the Through the Looking Glass and, and some of the other live action they've got coming out? Because I was not thrilled with Alice in Wonderland. No, but, you know, the f- the fans really responded well to it. So yeah. I think that's where Disney's going. Anything with Johnny Depp, people are going to, like, go for right now. But uh, I was actually more impressed with some of their other things, like uh, the ones, there's, like, one called The Queen of Katawa or something that looks really good. They have a lot of other live actions, like Jungle Book. Like, I was very skeptical about it, but it looked really good. Yeah, no, I think Jungle Book's going to be really yeah, good. Yeah, so I think, I, you know, but I'm not I'm not thrilled with Alice. I'm wonder, I, they didn't even talk about Dumbo. <laughs> well, you know, the thing I don't get about Tim Burton's Dumbo is how are they going to get Johnny Depp in the elephant costume? I, you know, he's a legend now, so. So, all right. Well, that gives us a good point to wrap up because, you know, we, we end on a good fun inspirational note well wait we didn't do that um what's a good fun inspirational note we can end on uh enjoy enjoy the parks because enjoy the park you never know when your favorite thing is going to go away or someone's going to walk by in a haunted mansion t-shirt or right you know or alice in wonderland t-shirt it's great when you it is anaheim we get to see that everywhere every day uh, I forget that this is, you know, a podcast. People can't see what we're saying. It's true. It's yes. a bummer. It was a good shirt. It was a... <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up uh, nicely for us uh, For as we're running in the middle of season five now. Uh, Skipper Danielle, thank you. My pleasure. Thank and uh, let's let, uh, give us your uh, social stuff that you want to promote because I want to make sure we're letting people connect with you on Twitter and with your website. So, If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, it's dmagicgirl, D-E-E-M-A-G-I-C-G-U-R-L. And my our Disney Darling blog is disneydarlings.net. And then my personal website is earnestpr.com, and that's where I showcase a lot of my different photography and pricing for different stuff like that. So, Cool. 
Well, uh, thanks, and uh, for everyone in the listening audience, uh, thanks for continuing to support. We have a lot of exciting announcements uh, that we'll be putting forward in the next few weeks, and you'll hear a lot of stuff in the front show notes. Uh, but at all other times, thanks, everyone, for joining us, and Kungaloosh!